This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Side Broker, and welcome to Adult Side Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with sex toy expert Kim Ayers. ASB Cash, the affiliate program for Adult Site Broker, would like to announce we've doubled our affiliate payouts. That's right. Now when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you'll receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a tube site that has full-length BDSM videos for free. The site is built on WordPress and is three years old. They're currently the only free tube providing premium BDSM videos. They regularly add user requests and user-provided content after moderation. The owner started the site out of frustration because there was nothing else out there like it and he wanted to visit such a site. It soon became popular on Reddit and business soared. The owner has decided to move on to other ventures outside the adult industry. The site's visitors come back again and again due to its uniqueness. They have over 13,000 premium videos, and most of them are 30 minutes or longer. With more videos and categories, the site can do even better. Most of the traffic is from Tier 1 countries. There's no advertising being done for the site. All of the traffic is either type-in or from SEO. This is a great opportunity for someone with existing traffic. Only $269,000 U.S. dollars. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Kim Ayers. Hey, Kim, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. It's a real pleasure to be here. I love podcasts. Yay. As do I. We had such a nice conversation beforehand. We could have gone on for hours about baseball. Absolutely. It's my favorite <laughs> sport. Everybody's like, oh, you must like football because it's I'm a Red Sox fan, which we talked about. We're like, oh, you must like the Patriots or, you know, or... <laughs> the Bruins or the you know the Celtics. I'm like no, nah, no, just no. the Sox, just Baseball. the Sox. I actually get depressed in you know the end of October. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't I we know. all? All so, baseball yeah. fans do. Well, exactly. let me tell let me tell the world about you. Kim oh my is goodness! A sexuality educator, sex toy expert, public yes. speaker, blogger, and sex industry writer who combines her clear, concise sex education with a healthy dose of humor. She easily puts everyone at ease with her honesty and straightforward approach to a healthy sex life. She was the founder of New England's first female and couples friendly sex toy store, grand opening when she <laughs> left her job at Harvard to sell rubber dicks to girls. Now, Kim's been featured in Boston Magazine, Marie Claire, Playboy, Playgirl, AOL, The Daily Mail, and many others. Kim's a certified sex educator and her passion is helping others be comfortable about sexuality and gaining confidence in all things sex, not to mention sharing a good dirty joke or two. On all social media, she's at Kim Ayers, A-I-R-S, YouTube at Kim Ayers Grand Opening with an exclamation mark, and on OnlyFans at Kim Ayers. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have today. Okay. Thank God so, there's only one of me. That's what I keep saying. <laughs> it's all go. social media. Kim Ayers. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> For sure. So, so Kim. Yeah. How, <laughs> how long have you been in the business? And talk a little bit about your journey. Sure. Uh, well, it's basically la 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 la. <laughs> uh, I was married in a past life, is how I like to refer to it. Seven and a half <laughs> years. It was okay. It was you know regular. Um, no house, no kids. Really simple divorce. Blah blah blah. And uh, and he was like really 
like non-adventurous and me i don't Mm -hmm. have a monog i do not have a monogamous bone in my body i just like (laughs) you know yeah i'll love you and i'll marry you but that doesn't mean i'm gonna stop fucking around and you know and stuff like that (laughs) so that's always been my mo uh it's definitely a deal breaker (laughs) when you're not both on the same pattern you know same Uh, launching thing and that's you know you want to see one or something funny i just i just did a i just did an interview before you with michael ramos who owns asn entertainment which is a lifestyle publication. So it's kind of interesting oh, yeah. uh, that you say that because he was talking about the whole journey with his wife and getting into the lifestyle. But anyway, go ahead. For sure. Yeah, no, no, that's it. And so, so he, yeah, so anyway, so we got divorced seven and a half years, like, super easy. Um, and then I met a Swedish guy who was like, and I've always been really comfortable around sex stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it has to do, my mom's European. She was a war bride sure. in World War II, then my dad, the American soldier, and the whole bit and stuff. So the Europeans definitely have a different attitude around sexuality and sex. So I think I inherited that a they lot do. from that side of the family. So anyway, in 88, I no, 87 it would have been, I met a guy that I call the smut hound, who <laughs> into totally everything sex, and I was like, I fuck love this stuff just like (laughs) public sex strip joints porno meeting porno stars um sex toys i mean it's like everything so it was just totally opened blew open the door for me on all that stuff so (laughs) um so at that time um i started working at harvard university (laughs) that was in 88 and um kind of because since I'm like so honest and open about this stuff, I was like the in the economics de- department, like the girlfriend that you'd go to with your questions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I o- was also the one that would like take them into the combat zone in Boston to buy a vibrator. And it would be like, okay, let's go do this. And they all knew me at the porno stores because I had to like go in there and speak at normal voices and <laughs> we'd shoot the shit and the strip joints and everything like that. So I became that person. I also started writing for a magazine called On our backs which Hmm. was uh called entertainment for the adventurous lesbian and that was pretty awesome um and so i was doing that and yeah and then what happened uh so writing for on our backs so then fanny fatale quote unquote uh was the nom de plume for the woman that was one of the editors for on our backs Mm -hmm. and she was doing a tour uh, for about female ejaculation, she had uh, done a book, no, a video, Fatal Video, had mm-hmm. done How to Female Ejaculate. And um, she was, like I said, doing a tour to promote it. And the only place in Boston that would have her was not either of the feminist bookstores. Because this was this was ninety three, so we're yeah. fast forwarding. No, ninety two, ninety two. So fast forwarding a little bit, but you know. And so um, neither of the feminist bookstores would have her because back then it was like if you were, you know, I don't want to like pigeonhole or anything, but you know, lesbian feminist and stuff like that. You were like, we don't talk about sex. <laughs> this is I mean, I've lived through all this stuff, right? And me personally, if people were wondering, oh, you're big dyke, you're first of all, I hate titles. I like saying I'm trisexual because I'll try anything sexual. <laughs> so I do I do a lot around sex stuff. So I like I said, I don't like pigeonholing, like, oh, if you're this, you're that. I also this is a little sidetrack. I also don't like public displays of affection, personally, <laughs> because if people look at you, they automatically pigeonhole you. So if I hold hands with a guy, it's like, oh, you're straight. If I hold hands with a woman, oh, you're lesbian. You know? Sure. And and that's and I don't I don't want to be thought of like, oh, that's who you are because you're holding hands with that person. Right. You know? They put so you in a I, box, yeah. I, yeah, and I just don't and even you know, this is with strangers. I mean, that's my own stuff. So that's my own stuff. So I really just don't like titles in that sense. And yeah. you know, you can say pansexual, whatever, whatever. But anyway, so so anyway, um, so the only place that would have her speak in Boston was at the gay men's bookstore called Glad Day. And they, they were totally cool with it. Well, the next day, and this was on Columbus Day weekend, 92, uh, the next day she was presenting in the 
a New York City, Manhattan apartment of Del Williams, who's the woman who founded Eve's Garden, which mm. is considered the first feminist sex toy store. Yeah. And it opened in 73 in Manhattan. So she presented there and it was a hands-on workshop, which was really hysterical and funny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was like, so she showed the video and it was like, okay, this is G-spot and female ejaculation. And then she's like, oh, you know, all right, who wants to, you know, they had the mirrors up and the speculums and everything. Okay, who wants to see their G-spot? So this like cute little blonde girl said, oh, I'll do that. So, you know, everybody's like, you know, swarming around her. So she spreads her legs, puts the speculum in, you turn it sideways if you want to see your G-spot, as opposed to like how they do it when you do an exam, which actually pushes it up. So you put it sideways so the handle is on the side. Then you can like really see where the G-spot like dips down. So mm-hmm. anyway, so she puts the speculum in, she looks and she's got a cute little blonde G-spot. Okay, fine. If you're wondering where G-spot is, that's a whole other podcast. So anyway, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll do this. So I go and I like shove the thing in and the mirror's there. And Deb Sundahl, who was the editor, who was Fanny Fatale that I didn't figure out until that night. Um, she looks, she goes, wow, you've got a really big and meaty G-spot. And I look at her, I said, that's because I'm a big and meaty girl, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so that was that. So at the end, where this is all leading to, like, you know, people are leaving and stuff like that. So we get shooting the shit. So this is Del Williams, the founder of the oldest sex toy store, and mm-hmm. Deb Sundahl, who had just had this shit go down in Boston, you know, and stuff like this. I said, you know what? We could use a women's sex toy store in Boston. I could do that. I could do that. Clouds parted. Bolt of lightning came down. That was it. <laughs> That was it. So I was staying with two lesbian friends of mine at their place, the ones that actually turned me on to Honor Backs Magazine. And I went there. I said, I'm going to open up a women's sex toy store in Boston. They're like, well, if anybody can do it, it's you. My background, I grew up on top of my father's furniture store. My two sisters are in retail management. My grandfather was a troubleshooter for Montgomery Ward. (laughs) This is not a big deal for me to open up a store. So I gave myself about a year. And then I apprenticed at um, Good Vibrations in San Francisco in March of 93. And that was incredible. I mean, it was my life calling. I mean, it was just like, this mm-hmm. is it. This is it. So whole, whole other stuff. I ended up opening November 93. Um, the name. Oh, yeah. So the, so the, well, actually, going back just a little again, is October. So Columbus Day weekend, when I drove down to New Jersey, because that's where my family mm-hmm. is. That's where I grew up. Um, I, I talked to my brother about it. So my brother and I are like always on the same wavelength, everything like that. He's my advisor and just guide and everything. So I said, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about doing this after my boss at Harvard retires and my boss at Harvard who shall be unnamed, but a very (laughs) prominent person at Harvard who's since retired, he's 94 and we adore each other still. Anyway. My brother said, if it's such a good idea, somebody else is going to beat you to it. And he goes, whose Hmm. life are we talking about here? So it got me thinking like, he's right. He's right. So that I was like, I'm going to give myself a year because in academia, that's works really well. It would be at the end of the summer, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided to do it. And then, and you know, he's like, who who are you going to get your money from? I hit up a friend of mine that was a former bartender in the combat zone, somebody I'd worked with for a while doing catering mm-hmm. um, and stuff. So he, he gave me $14,000 to start the business. And that was in 90. Uh, well, that was 93, November 93. Mm-hmm. And then um, 2004, I grossed $1.6 million. Jeez. So that was a pretty good project, you know, trajectory for sure. Damn so, straight. Yeah. So I opened up. Oh yeah. And so then I thought, I thinking of the name of the store. That was a whole other story. But yeah, grand opening. So in '95, the internet was a little baby, and I'm like, well, I guess I better get GrandOpening.com. And so I have grandopening.com. So I own the store. I actually was opened in LA for two years in West Hollywood in 03 to 05. And Mm -hmm. so I sold the store at the end of 05. It was 12 years. And it was like 
when you own a business, well, I'll tell you my one sentence that maybe if anybody who's listening can relate to in owning your own business, okay? Ready? I miss my store tremendously, but nothing that had my signature on it. <laughs> I get it. I bet I you it. do. Oh, boy, so I get it. That's, I, so, I so get it. I so get it. No idea unless you've been in those shoes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I do miss my store tremendously, but I'm still, you know, obviously very much working in the industry and have. So since I sold it, I didn't have to live in Boston anymore. The below market rent apartment that I was spoiled with was going condo. So I had to move anyway. So in 06, I moved out here in LA. And I always like to say it's because I really have an addiction I have to deal with. It's called motorcycle riding. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm pretty damned addicted to it. I got three bikes, but I only ride one at a time. Well, that's and, a good uh, thing. That's a yeah. good thing because I think trying to ride three at the same time would be I, a little it dangerous. It can get a little tricky. It really can. So, uh-huh. yeah, I kind of avoid doing that. So, yeah, so that's uh, so I ride motorcycles. I've got a motorcycle. It's all painted with sex toys. It's called the Big Vibe. That's actually my license oh, plate, too. Big Vibe. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a Honda Shadow 750. It's a 750 Arrow for those keeping you 2004, keeping track. Got 102,000 miles on it. I've had it since it was new. Wow. And then I've got another bike. Oh, yeah. If you really want to see something else that I do, because I do a lot of things, uh, just go to slayitforward.com. I actually ride around as Santa Claus um, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I I, I I totally do the head to toe Santa thing, even with. A Santa hat that fits over a helmet. I, I love it. I yeah. love it. And then, um, you and could I market put, those. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I want to market the whole program um, because I put unwrapped toys in the back and I have a double wide milk crate that's, uh, that's in the bottom of a felt Santa sack. So you don't mm-hmm. see it, but that's what I bungee down to the, the back seat and the oh. luggage rack. Um, and I put unwrapped toys and then I ride into the hood and just anonymously give them out to kids. Oh, that's sweet. So I'm That's really, very sweet. Yeah. I'm really dedicated about doing that. Nice. Yeah. If you want fun, you can Google an article that was written in 2013. Uh, if you do LA times motorcycle Santa, it'll come up about it. And then okay. slateforward.com has a cute video. Anyway, Back to sex and sex toys, huh? So since, uh, since well, pretty much 05, um, I've still been working in the industry. I've worked for several companies since then. Um, and right now I do a lot of writing for companies. I'll do a ton of freelance. I do consulting when somebody's like, oh, I have, I've invented an item. All right, let's see what it is. Okay, so you invented a new cock ring. Great. Have you checked what? the competition is and what else is out there and stuff. So I do a lot of consulting. I don't put anybody down because a lot of people have ideas and I don't want to be the one like, well, that's a stupid idea. Cause I would, I'm not that person, (laughs) you know, if they do think they have a a cock ring, that's really good. That doesn't exist. Well, show, let's see what you have in mind. And then when we start talking about production costs, I know my shit. I know my shit. And tons of people tell me that. And I know it inside out Mm -hmm. is when they start seeing like production and MOQ, which is minimum order quantity and price breaking and making molds. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to make a mold for everything that's involved. And this is any consumer product. So it's not just sex toys, but that gets the meter goes higher and higher and higher. People have no idea. Oh yeah, they, so have, they do, have an idea. They have an idea, and they don't think about what it's going to cost to invest in the idea. To, right to make mm-hmm. it. So then they're like, right. "Well, I could sell my idea to a company that already exists and is making them." Doesn't work in this business. Nope. The sex nope. toy industry Ask does me. not Ask work. Ask me if you have an idea. I, people don't buy ideas; they buy successful businesses. Well, Kim, I want to congratulate you because you just set the record for the longest ever answer on adult site broker talk. So Excellent. Uh, I hope so. everyone found it compelling <laughs> and interesting and want to hear more. Well, so I, let's I, go I, with I'm the sure. next question. Okay. Hopefully the right. answer won't be quite as long. So okay. what's the most, no, no, you were great. So what's the most incredible technology that's in the adult toy world now? Um, I would say it's definitely the remote control and app control, which is there's more and more toys that are doing that. And the pricing Mm -hmm. has come down, especially around remotes. Remotes used to be 
fucking crazy expensive. Like in 95, I think there was a little bullet vibe about the size of the top of your thumb, right? So pretty mm-hmm. small. That had two thin wires coming out. Well, you'd pull on the wires and it you'd kill it, right? It was two hundred and fifty fucking dollars for that. And now you can Jeez. get a remote control toy for like twenty five, thirty bucks maybe. Sure. And they work and they don't have those stinky wires sticking out of them. So the remote control stuff is fucking amazing. I mean, you get mm-hmm. like Evolved makes them that, that you can inflate remote control. You can, you know, deflate and of course vibrating for sure. Rotation, all remote control. It's just like amazing. And that's within a room. And then you, there's other toys and manufacturers that make them that are app controlled too. So, you know, you can get, you can have them both that way too. And then like, like the Kiru, K-I-I-R-O-O toys. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know those guys. Right. And Love Ants. Right. So they, that's, they're really popular with the camming community yes because you can you know pass along the information to your client and they can control it and woo you know everybody makes money on that one yeah. so Virtual yeah sex. yeah fucking yeah. amazing that's that's so amazing and then something that's really intrigued me that i've seen you know because i get all the new toys to review and everything so i kind of yeah. know what's out there um the the qu- quality and quantity do it to a certain extent of the guy toys that are out now, the masturbators that suck and vibrate and tug and oh, do tell. stroke. Oh my, they give me fucking penis envy. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'm like, Jesus, I wish I had something to stuff in this. This looks fucking awesome. Like I just got one. There's a company, it's a Chinese company. I don't know how much they're infiltrating the u.s that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing um tracy's dog so it's Mm -hmm. like it's kind of a little clumsy shaped i mean but you know whatever um but it just it's you put your junk in it and it's got you know the tpr sleeve and you put it in and it it like massages and sucks your dick i'm like Mm. oh man i would love this there's do you ever do you ever do you ever bring guys in to help you with your reviews every once in a while Mm -hmm. you know of course everybody wants to be that guy (laughs) but but it's like (laughs) no no but i no but i I was just i would just kind of thinking to truly review a male sex toy don't you have to have have a dick yeah 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 yeah, well, I I have a lot of dicks. <laughs> they just don't have nerve endings. In well, them. I was going to ask you about <laughs> that. Yeah, I just, well, yeah, I know. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, I you know, yeah, I do have I, I do have some guy testers, but it's so funny because they. Mm-hmm. I mean, I take testing toys pretty seriously of course in the sense that like i'm like all right this is a good shape you know oh yeah this is a good one you know and and i know what i like and blah 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 and stuff and so guys i they're i you know i haven't i know there's plenty of them out there but i haven't met a guy that takes testing sex toys as seriously as i do they're like it felt great they're like, yeah, it felt great. Now fuck me. You know, it's like, no, I want to <laughs> test the product. How do you like it? It's good. It's okay. Yeah. Now suck my dick. It's like, no, I want to, I want to, you know, no, just like this. So I think you, I think you need to find some new testers. So a, if think, anyone's, if anyone's listening in the Los Angeles area, I'll who's looking to you. be a male sex toy tester, oh, please contact Kim Ayers on social yeah, media. And don't like think that I'm going to fucking put out because your dick is going to go into some gizmo. Yeah. All right. I love it. I love it. So Kim, so yes. Kim, what's the most amazing thing you've invented? Oh gosh, let me think. Um, well, I was, uh, I brought a product to market um, and this was in 2015, I think it was, uh, called Bubble Love. And it was an underwater um basically an underwater jet that would pull air down on a tube and so it would shoot so yeah everybody's thinking a jacuzzi but any of us with uh vulvas you go up against a jacuzzi jet and it can be kind of harsh you know yeah i like it but it can be like you know especially when you start really digging into the naughty bits you know and not Mm -hmm. just like trying to go on an outer labia or something like that so Mm -hmm. it was the bubble love so it would be a really strong um 
uh, sensation, but it was combined with bubbles. Hmm. It was pretty damn amazing. And it was hmm. engineered. And how I found the inventor of that was um, through a friend that, that met, that met him at a wedding and he said, and he was a guest and he's like, yeah, um, somebody, I've, uh, he, he was actually the money guy behind it. He's like, yeah, I've got a sex toy. I have no idea how to get it out in the industry. My friend's <laughs> like, have I got the person for you? <laughs> so I worked with a lot of it with the packaging and all that and everything. Um, and then when we released it, I had all my friends in the business say, you didn't tell me about this. I'm like, exactly. You know, <laughs> that's how I roll. So anyway, what happened, sadly, incredibly sadly, <laughs> was that the guy who engineered it did not engineer okay listen to this people if you want to invent a product did not engineer the lithium ion battery uh, inside this sealed silicone casing to last more than a year oops right because you have to assume that once you and this is the from date of manufacturer okay so it's going to take you know three like figure three months from manufacturer on the water to the u.s so three okay. months Time is ticking. Nine months left. Goes to a distributor. Sits on a shelf. Uh -oh. Goes to a retailer. Sits on a shelf. The product end up failing. Because oh, no. it, once it lost its charge, you could not recharge it. Oh, so, shit. And that was because he didn't engineer the battery to last long enough for a three-year cycle of sitting on the shelf. He should have talked to Elon Musk. He fucking should have talked to me, pal. I know. Elon Musk, I know, huh? So for sure. So that was the thing. And so when I, because I was brand manager, I was like running the show and doing the trainings and everything like this. And so I started getting them back and we warrantied it for, it was at least a year warranty. And I'm getting them back. I'm like, wait, 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 what? It's what? You know? And when they started What a disaster. It's like, are you fucking kidding? He's like, well, I engineered to last a year. I'm like, you didn't fucking ask me. You know, I could have told you this day one. It's got to be a three-year engineering for the battery. So that product failed. Uh -huh. And um, so that's that was, I mean, that I was really 100 million percent behind that product. Sure. Um, and it didn't work. That's a, so, that's a bummer. So that's a total bummer. So yeah. yeah, there's a there's another product that I'm behind that I had seen pop up somewhere in my social media or something uh, called the water slide, mm -hmm. and that's pretty cool. So I'm like, I don't know about this product. So I got in touch with them, and I'm like, I can make your product bigger in this industry. And what it is, it's really simple. It's polystyrene, and it's kind of like a stretched out Z shape, mm -hmm. and you attach it to a. a outward facing bathtub faucet with just a ribbon mm -hmm. and then it shoots the water out so us girls and vulva owners out there how do we get <laughs> off usually the first time you scrunch under the water the faucet in the bathtub oh, so this, you, you don't have to scrunch never into heard it, that i've like, never heard that before see i learned something brilliant. Good. So water slide. So I still work with them and everything, but I got them into with distributors and, you know, I got them much more into the network of adult stores. So mm. it's doing really well. I'm really happy about it. And, you know, cause I feel like I, I, you know, I'm a part of it. And the woman that invented sure. it, she's awesome. I love her to mm. pieces. Maureen Pollock. She's great. Um, and it's just a really great product and I really believe in them, you know, mm. so that's some, you know, company I worked with as well. So what is your favorite lubricant? My favorite lubricant, it's more of a style than just the type uh, mm -hmm. or just the company. Um, I love hybrid lubricants. Okay. I know one of the questions is, why do I fucking hate silicone lube? Wait, let me ask I, it. Why do you fucking hate silicone lube? That wasn't the exact words, but go ahead. I'm going to just drop the F-bomb in that one because eh, I can't okay. on this podcast, you know? Okay, yes. so uh, there's there's simplicity for simplicity's sake there's three kinds of lube water-based lube silicone lube and hybrid so mm -hmm. water-based lube i love water-based lube because it's easy to wash off for mm -hmm. me that's the biggest key right. easy to wash off so water my body's water-based so it does really well with my body there you um go. i don't have any issues with any ingredient except i hate that warming and cooling stuff i hate that mm. stuff but anyway that's my personal thing okay why I fucking hate silicone lubricant. 
you cannot wash that off. It's like oil. Hmm. It's like oil. So you can have it all over your junk and everything like that. What I hate about it, when it's on your fucking hands, because then it's like all over the toys. It's all over the light switches. It's all over everything. I hate silicone lube. A lot of people love it because you don't have to keep adding lubricant or adding water with a water-based lube. All right. I get that. But I hate it because it's, I just, I even hate opening the bottles because it's like it gets on the bottle. You know, I just hate silicone (laughs) lube. Hybrid, on the other hand, has the qualities of both. So it's a hybrid like we have, you know, electric and gas hybrid cars. So it's mm-hmm. it's got the properties of a water-based lube, but it lasts longer than a typical water-based lube um, because it does have usually a little silicone in it too, but not like a pure silicone lube. So hybrid lube, it works great with any of the toys. Um, oh, I'll just jump into this since we have active listeners and you do want to learn something. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> it's been thought that do not, and it'll say this on packages and everything, do not use a silicone-based lube with silicone toys, all right? Hmm. Well, that goes, <laughs> let's go to the Wayback Machine to 1997 yeah. when there were only uh, like two or three sex toy manufacturers, and one of them, in particular, Vixen Creations, if you used a silicone lubricant with a Vixen Creations toy, it would change the surface of the toy and make it sticky. Like, oh, I'll just wash my toy. Oh, no, it changed it chemically. You could not wash. So it would like remain sticky. It kind of reminds me of my BMW door handles here in the heat. That sure could be. (laughs) So that's when that started. Oh, don't use silicone lube with silicone toys. Well, but, but I've never put silicone lube on it, just to let you know. Probably not, because then you won't be able, you just won't be able to get in your car. Don't do that. <laughs> That's like don't use Armor All on the surface of your tire. That will fuck up your tires. Use it only <laughs> outside so it looks good in pictures. That's it. There you go. Or don't put it on your seat of your car because you're going to like feel like you're an amoeba in your car seat. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So that's when that started in 97. Okay. So a lot of things have changed. If you're going to ha- try a silicone lube with a silicone toy, just put like two or three drops of the silicone lube on a surface of your sex toy, silicone sex toy, it can be any kind, silicone, put it on a space where you're not going to be using it. So uh, you're not going to use like the bottom of the base, you know, you're not going to use, any toy will have a surface on it that you will not be using that. So you Mm. put like two or three drops there and leave it overnight right there. And then in the morning, wipe it off. And if you can wipe it off and it's nice and clean, no problem using that lube with the toy. If it gets sticky, do not use that lubricant with, with that toy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's that's kind of the trick with that. But, hmm. yeah. So, that's why I like hybrid lubes. It's creamy. It's excellent for making it look like fake cum when you want to do, like, cum <laughs> shots and stuff. It's great. Um, Wicked makes a really good one. Simply, Simply Hybrid. Their whole Simply line is really nice. Um, yeah. There's a whole bunch of companies that make... Uh, a hybrid lube. So those, mm-hmm. those are my favorite just because it's easy to wash off. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it works with toys. How many jobs have you had in your, in your life? <laughs> she laughs. I laugh hysterically because people are like, you've done that too. I've worked in the technical library for Duracell, <laughs> their technical library before like the internet, it was Lexus Nexus searches. Uh, so yeah, Duracell and for GAF corporation. Um, let's see. I've, uh, Ocean County public library worked there. Um, I've worked, I've probably had, mm, at least 30 different jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Building superintendent, um, house painting interior, uh, <laughs> I used to race hydroplanes, not that inboard hydroplanes, not that that was a job, but it was definitely an adventure. That was when I was a teenager. Okay. Um, I was chairman of the division of the New England division of the United States Fencing Association. <laughs> so I was a competitive fencer for a number of years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, just totally cool. Um, I've been vice president of my motorcycle club. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And, and jobs. I mean, I've worked for. Um, 
several sex toy companies, Pipe Dream Products, Topco, mm-hmm. Impulse Novelties, a small company, Channel One Releasing. Um, let's see. I worked for a lubricant company that shall go unnamed. Well, they must uh, make they must make silicone lubes then. It's a major one. Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, yeah, let's see. I think. Do you ever tell it? Did you ever tell them you hate their product? <laughs> well, that once uh, people always knew that I don't like silicone lube. Fortunately, they made several different kinds. So, ah, okay. you know, which is good. Yeah. But so I could, I can, I could never promote, I only promote things I believe in and things I use, mm-hmm. you know, um, honest to Pete, because I, I don't want to bullshit people. I, I don't, that's, sure. I have never bullshit people in my whole life. Um, I used to sell bras at Fredericks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just threw that in because I love Fredericks and Hollywood bras and they're great. So unfortunately <laughs> they're not there. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's a big part. So like, they, yeah, but if somebody said, Oh, we have silicone lube you want to promote, I'd be like, no, I'll just write about it, but I won't, I can't, I, that's it. No, not so. You won't lube. write real positively about it. Uh, oh, no. I, when I review a silicone lube, it's more like I kind of, um, write about the attributes of it hmm. i won't write like i fucking hate silicone lubricant you don't say that in there huh no 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 the weird th- the weird thing is when i get a flavored lubricant that i don't like flavored lubricant <laughs> I, you know what this is something with lubricants okay why how come well actually there is one company that makes it but um they don't make pussy flavored lubricant <laughs> and I know there's not just one taste, trust me on that, but I had brought that up with a lubricant manufacturer and they look at you like, what? And it actually, what made me think about it was that I had gotten a question because I get questions all the time from a guy who said my wife went through menopause and her taste had changed. Her Interesting. Juice, which I totally get because it's all hormonal. Yeah. And he goes, and I miss that taste. He goes, it was just so beautiful. And, and I thought, Oh, because, you know, I'm such an empath that it was, I was like, oh, I bet that's, I bet that, you know, that's sad. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a lubricant that would taste like, you know, there would probably be like 10 different tastes, I think. But whenever I bring that up, people are like, that's weird. I'm like, no, it's not weird and stuff. (laughs) I thought about making, uh, okay, here's a good one. It's out there already, but I thought we should make um, a flavored anal lube and then the the tagline could be, so your asshole don't taste like shit. <laughs> now that's good. Isn't that a good one? I know. I've got a lot it. of those. I love it. A lot of those. I love yeah, it. So that would be a good one. All right. What's so, another question? Yeah. What is the, why do you crack me up? Um, what does the, what does the future hold? What does the future hold for you? I will tell you, and I will tell everybody that listens to your podcast. Yes. All right, you ready? I was ready when I asked the question. I was going to say, I'm going to get naked for you right now. (laughs) It's a good one. So, if you can't tell, you, my dear, as well as your dear listeners, I have a crazy passion for sex. And all I couldn't sex. tell. I couldn't tell. I know. I try to put a lid on it every once in a You're, while. You really do. Yeah. And I just do a lot of things in sex. I'm also, drumroll please, 64 years old, which is like really fucking uh, weird. But anyway. Join the club. Oish. It's so weird. We're the same anyway. age. Anyway. There you go, huh? Yeah. I know. So, and I'm funny. Okay, I know if I do a whole hour and a half show on sex toys, and it's also edutainment, so it's got like a whole lot of other information like BDSM and anal sex and G-spot. And so the title of the show is, you ready for it? I am. It's called, You Want to Put That Where? (laughs) I came up with the title. It's a good one. So what I want to do, because there is no one in this market right now, is be that funny old lady. Mm-hmm. That talks frankly and honestly and hysterically about sex. I think it would go great. I think so too. So that's you're, talk, you're talking about stand up, right? Stand up, stand up, yeah, stand up and just really, you know, being that outrageous older woman <laughs> that talks about 
all sorts of things, including fucking young men. <laughs> like, not fucking young men, but fucking young men. Yes. Because they shoot off like geysers. You know, you get somebody who's 64 and it's like. No comment. I'll tell you, you get these young guys and like you have to duck it or else, you know, you'll get hit in the, you know, it's like that. Wow. That's that on the ceiling huh? or anything. I'll tell you, you're like, you'll have to, you'll have to let me know when you start this and that will be a whole other podcast. It's going to be. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the, you know, and I know that a lot of it is over social media now, Mm -hmm. but I really love performing in front of live audiences because you get so much more feel out of it. So, yeah. So stay tuned on that because I'm I'm doing a lot. I mean. Coming to a comedy, coming to a comedy club near you. I know. I know. Yeah. And it's long, you know, it's funny because I have performed at comedy clubs, but they have to know what I'm going to be presenting. So mm-hmm. if you're like doing 10 minutes or, you know, 15 mm-hmm. minutes at a place, I don't want to start cracking out dildos and vibrators and shit like that, because that can like really throw people off. And especially <laughs> like in this politically correct world, Jeez. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to trigger people. I mean, that's yeah. what I, I don't, that's not my MO on any of this, you know? Sure. Sure. So the thing is, it would be like my own doing doing my show on a bigger scale mm. um you know because then people will know that's what it's about you know right. it's like the world of sex toys and all the mm-hmm. stuff like this but yeah and crack them out i mean that's the thing is when i do my shows is i'll have um like a table with about 30 different things on it but i don't mm-hmm. necessarily talk about all of them but it's just like it's all improv i could never right. study a script and it just depends on like where i want to go with it and then of course i know like a lot of my beats with a lot of the products and things like that but but it's it's all improv, so it depends on what the audience feedback is, what they want to learn, what you know, what tangent I go off on, you know, and just <laughs> I can't like imagine a tangent. Me? A no. tangent to no. entertain? No. no, no so that's yeah, not even, that's not even no. possible. It's not my wheelhouse. So, no. yeah. so that's well, that's what's uh, that's what posted. I have in the future. Keep me yeah, posted. I mean, you should that's... you should do it at uh, at some of the adult uh, at some of the adult shows. I think that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've emceed the O Awards for a number oh, okay. of years, so oh, that's been good. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. a pun when I said, "Oh, okay." Oh, oh no. So that was improv, and it was so funny because I love doing anatomy also, and I've got mm-hmm. the vulva puppet, the wondrous vulva puppet, which my pal Dory <laughs> Lane made. It's awesome. It's great. It's a it's a hand puppet. It's I've used it in tons of workshops. It's really great. So I kind of well, there was one I forget what year I was hosting it. I think it was actually 2020, right before the shutdown and stuff in uh-huh. Vegas, of course, and so. So I do the anatomy, you know, with the pussy puppet, and then I crack out a dildo with a suction cup, and I'm like, this is a dick. And then I just tossed it over my shoulder, and the fucking thing goes twirling the, in the air, and then slams right down on the suction cup base. Oh, I love it. So everybody thought I practiced that. I'm like, then afterwards, I was going like, to say, I was going to say, can you do that again? It was so funny. They're like, that was hysterical. What happened? And I'm like, what? Because, you know, I just threw it in the air. I didn't even look like how it landed and stuff. It was like, oh, my God, I've got it on video. It's pretty funny. So, yeah. So it's just so that's that's what I want to do is just mm-hmm. really, you know, out there, honest stuff and stuff. So. So, yeah. So it's a matter of just kind of getting it out there. And yeah. Doing the media thing a lot more and the social media thing, obviously. Sounds like fun. And stay tuned. Yeah. Let me know. Let me I know. I will, as a matter of fact. So who's the most famous person you've ever trained motorcycle riding? <gasps> okay. For all of you Sons of Anarchy fans out there, Ooh. and I know there's a few of you, uh, I trained Rat Boy. Oh. So he was on the third season and went all the way through the eighth. And what, what if you he say, was, if you say, say so, never seen it. So as I know it's true. It's true. Nico Nicotera, great, wonderful, sweetheart of a guy. Uh-huh. And he was working as a waiter, which is what you do before you break into acting here in LA. Yes. And he was working as a waiter and he got on the show and Kurt Sutter had said, Oh, it's a show about motorcycles. If you learn how to ride, we will pay for it for instruction. Um, you'll get written in the show a lot more. So mm-hmm. he had taken the safety course, which is what I always recommend. And then he asked around where he worked, like, do you anybody who does motorcycle coaching and this guy said yeah kim does so they connected us so i trained him like more it was funny because it's really it's a lot like horseback riding like Mm -hmm. they make it look so easy on tv but it's really there's there's like five things you have to do when before you take off on a motorcycle 
mm-hmm. you know, and you don't think of these things like a lot of times right. you don't even think of them when you're a writer, but yeah. I had to break it down and we actually did drills of getting on your bike fast and getting off your bike fast. Sure. Because that's what they do on TV and stuff. So we did that. And we also did close riding, which I don't train on, but that's what they do in TV. So it was, Mm -hmm. it was so he would feel not spooked if, you know, I pulled up like two feet away from him. You know, I would never recommend doing that, like training a person, but this was for the TV thing. So he's a great rider and stuff. We haven't ridden in a while, but he's Mm -hmm. up for it anytime. Very cool. So so yeah, so that was great. And, And we would go to Harley dealers and people were like, wait, aren't you on Sunset? And he's like, yeah. Like, he's so chill. Like, yeah, I am, you know, and stuff. So, yeah, he's gotten a lot of mileage out there. He's in the movie now because I think that was his, I, well, I know that was his groundbreaking break mm-hmm. uh, to be an actor. So he's pretty regularly doing gigs in movies. And the latest is the Mark Wahlberg film called Father Stew. <laughs> so he's in there. He's in the trailer and he's like one like that gives him advice and he's all kind of dark and stuff. So yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, go Nico. So yeah, it's cool. He's a great guy. Very, very cool. Yeah. Well, so remind that. people where to find you on social media. Everywhere. Kim Ayers, A-I-R-S. I'm working on TikTok. That's the only one I have. I, I haven't, I've got it. That's no TikTok? Well, it's got it's, it's, well the thing because I want to do it so I registered for it and then they're like oh, okay what's your password and I put in my password it's like that's not your password and it's like that's my fucking password yeah. but so it's the back end stuff that I have to straighten out and you can't yeah. talk to anybody who's there of course. Of course. so and you know that's so old school you know God forbid mm-hmm. and then um yeah so they're like well you could be Kim Ayers one it's like no I am Kim Ayers I'm not the impersonator <laughs> of so I got to deal with that but i'm on oh god on patreon only fans it's just sex ed i don't show my junk sorry guys i just don't <laughs> do that um let's see youtube kim Ayers, you got that um twitter instagram all kim Ayers. uh what else is there there's a few of them um wait let me uh oh yeah i'm on cameo which has been a real hoot i go as naughty grandma (laughs) so i record really funny videos for people on cameo um another one that's pretty interesting is mentor.cam so mentor.cam i do one-to-one um sessions with people so that's that's a really good one because then people can really ask me stuff and and i can show them toys or I can talk to them and stuff. I am not a therapist. So I make that really clear. I'm not a therapist, (laughs) but let me tell you, I know more than like probably fucking 90% of the sex therapists that are out there. And I experience it. I walk the walk and talk the talk. It's not like I've read it from a book. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to be said about personal experience when it comes to this stuff too. And just people that I've worked with. I mean, it's pretty amazing. So yeah, so that's where you can find me. I also have a podcast too. It's called Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. Okay. So you can tune in on that. I've got guests and also my own stuff and and just all sorts. I take um, questions from listeners. You can get me at Kim Ayers Sex Chat. So it has two S's in the middle. Kim Ayers Sex Chat at gmail.com. And that'll uh, get go straight to me. And so I answer questions from that. And um, yeah. And then grandopening.com. You'll see my lovely face on it holding a bouquet of sex toys. Fabulous. That's a good, fun place. And um, I'll throw in a little. A li- just because I love you. Um, I am going to put in a code, a discount code for any of your listeners. Um, what What would you suggest? What would be a good word? Um, Bruce? Bruce is good. Okay. Br- Bruce is good would be a good code. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll enter that in tonight, actually. Uh, so at checkout, if you enter the word Bruce or the name Bruce, uh, you'll get a discount from grandopening.com. And that'll Sounds just good. be, let's see. So to, I'm going to put that through the end of now. Well, I, yeah. I, should, I should tell you and everybody that we're recording this April 26th, but it's not yeah. going to run until August. So um, August, you're ahead of the game. I'll just, you know what? I got so many, I got such a backlog of interviews. My apologies. Oh, that's just, 
bum bum. Put I me know. up for yeah no, for you. No. Absolutely. No, no so what I'll do is I, I won't let it expire because that's there the beauty of podcast is that yes. you just live out there. And I absolutely. Don't think I have I'll put a coupon in there for Bruce. So just okay. put Bruce in at checkout, and you'll get a little discount there. And we love discounts. So yeah, that's yes, for we all do. You lucky listeners, I do appreciate. Excellent. That. Well, hey, Kim, Absolutely. I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Side Broker Talk, and Excellent. I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon. Absolutely. And meet IRL. My broker tip today has to do with what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. This will be the first in a multi-part series. First, make sure you're converting as much of your traffic as possible. Traffic's expensive. Whether it's search engine traffic, review site traffic, or affiliate traffic, you paid a lot for it. So make sure that when someone lands on your site, you give them every opportunity possible to either spend money or do whatever it is you want your visitors to do. In the case of a pay site, make sure your billing options allow as many people as possible to buy. Have multiple ways to pay. In North America, most everyone has a credit card. But in other parts of the world, credit cards aren't used nearly as much. In Europe, for instance, credit card usage is low, so look for billing options that will match the areas where your traffic comes from. In Europe, ACH and debit cards are used a lot. In Africa and other developing countries, many people pay by mobile. Do your homework and find out how people pay in the regions you get most of your traffic from. It will make you more money. The worst thing you can do is get a visitor, have them want to buy, but since you don't have their preferred way to pay, they can't. If you're looking for suggestions, feel free to get in touch with me via my website. Along with this is to improve your user experience. Make your site attractive and easy to navigate. People have more options than ever these days. I can't tell you how many sites I go to, even some that are owned by fairly large companies where the navigation isn't obvious to the user. You poke around for what seems like forever to do something that should be relatively easy. Keep it simple. Before you launch any changes to your site, ask your friends to go to the site and check it out. Unfortunately, designers and tech geeks don't think like us. You need real people to look at your site for you. The same kinds of people who will be visiting your site. Next, make a good offer. If you're selling something and the offer isn't good, you won't make money. It's plain and simple as that. And if your offer is to contact you to get more information, then make the offer attractive and easy to understand. If you're selling something, make buying easy. Show them an easy way to buy and then leave. Help them by making suggestions on what to buy. Amazon.com is the best at this. They always have suggestions on what to buy based on your buying and browsing history. They use AI to do this. There are AI engines available these days at a modest cost. Look into this if you can. Don't clutter up your site with unnecessary items, buttons, and images. Keep it as simple as possible. The best and most successful sites are the simple ones, the ones that lead you to take the action you'd like them to do. It's not that hard. Just remember, when you're putting together any site, try to think through the buying process like a human being. Whatever you do, don't turn that over to your designer. Don't just say, build me a website. What you'll get out the other end will not give you what it is you're looking for. Give them as much direction as possible and make it easy for them to build a site for you that makes your business succeed. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week we'll be speaking with Andra of Webmaster Access. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd like to once again thank my guest, Kim Ayers. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.